0: Hey, everybody, I'm Andy Weinberg, and welcome to episode 48. Holy cow. 48 of the David Owasakinen In the Pocket Podcast here on Wildfire Radio and Philly Rock Radio. And of course, you can catch all our episodes at in the pocket.simplecast.com. We're here in the studio after a one week break last week while Dave got his uh, eyes uh, perfected. Right, Dave? You're uh, seeing beautifully now?
1: I see, I see like an eagle. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I hope you don't catch like an eagle. I mean, uh, it's, yeah, I know. That's,
1: that's, that's a bad thing. But anyway. Sore subject. Yeah, we
0: won't go there this week. Terrible. But uh, Hopefully they uh, do well against Green Bay tonight. Anyway, anyway we're back after a one-week uh, break, and we are very fortunate this week to be joined in the studio by one of the Philadelphia area's top musicians, longtime collaborator, Collaborator, I can talk, with Todd Rundgren. How about that? His name cool is sound. John Forensic. I yes. pronounced that correctly, yeah, that's right?
2: John. Dead on.
0: John. Okay. <laughs> And John will be with us He's with us right now He'll be talking about His his career with Todd His solo stuff uh, His audition for Jefferson Starship Back in the day A whole lot of other Great topics He also has One of the most Beautiful guitars You could ever see Uh, Dave will have One uh, of many
2: I'm guessing Yes It's a a hoarding disorder I know
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got the same thing With drums And
1: now guitars
0: (laughs) Ask her (laughs) But uh, yeah John has a beautiful Blue guitar Uh, Dallin uh, Dave's wife Dallin Is with us too Hi
3: Dallin
0: Hello (laughs) So maybe Maybe we'll uh, chat with Down a little bit, too. Hey, I do want to mention our sponsors before we get the conversation going. Uh, This show, once again, is brought to you by the great people at gotpeace.com. Yeah, Trudy. Trudy a friend of the show uh, and uh, she's uh, very generously supporting the show uh, they they basically spread a message of peace through some really cool merchandise they got mm. caps they got t-shirts mm. they have dog tags they have cow, stuffed right. cows stuffed right. cows nothing better than a stuffed Love cow it. promoting peace uh, yeah. uh, you can find all their stuff at gotpeace.com yeah. you can also call them at 424-343-1213 and a portion of all their sales goes to various charities and mm. I know that uh, the recent charity they're uh, supporting is a uh, cancer uh, recovery and research and uh, which is obviously a very personal um, topic to a lot of us. So uh, got peace.com uh, just real quick, their message, everyone deserves happiness and harmony in their lives. Have you got peace? We're passionate about working together with people from all backgrounds to promote a life of empowerment and unity. Great yeah. message. Check them out. Got peace.com.
1: Yeah, she's uh, that company is wonderful and she's great. And uh, thank you for the support. And um yeah. I, I love that she's on board with us.
0: That's great. That's fantastic. And again, we're also brought to you again this week by Behavioral Pediatrics and ABA Therapy Associates in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. They work with autistic children, teens, and young adults, mm. as well as people with other behavioral diagnoses. They do great work over there. If this affects your family, please give them a call at 267-663-7141. All right, well, All right. we're here with John, and John confessed that when he, when he first got to the studio, he was a little nervous about being here today. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Th- there's, oh, we, Dave and I try to make it as relaxed, yeah. and as loose as possible. It's just yeah. we're going to be talking music and playing some music for the next hour, or so nothing to be nervous about. Having but, a yeah. cup
1: of coffee with a friend, you know, just hanging out, talking music, talking about whatever we want, you know. I mean, I, I, I fell in love with the podcast thing through following a guy named... Um, Dallin and I would watch Mark Marin's episodes. Oh, yeah, they're great. They're and, great. you know, he was so funny and he had a music component to it because he plays guitar. And uh-huh. It was just, he had his, he would have his buddies on and he would just talk about whatever. And uh, when Andy approached me about getting involved with a podcast, I said, immediately, I'm in. Let's do it, you know, because it was fun. So it's great to be able to invite my friends over who I admire and uh, find out a little bit more about what they're doing because with our busy lives today, like I know how busy you are, I know how busy I am it's like tough to get like you know even a conversation in these days because because yeah it's stuff yeah. to do stuff to learn yeah. you know it's uh yeah there's this thing called Life, Yeah, and it (laughs) goes on.
0: Damn how it gets in the way. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. How life gets in the way of living, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) But I got to tell you, man, I had an interesting thing happen real quick a couple weeks ago because we didn't have the podcast. I had an eye surgery done. I had a a lens implant done uh, because of a cataract. And, man, I got to tell you, what they're doing in modern medicine is mind-blowing because immediately the moment they put the lens in, I was I, I the doctor said I was a little bit sedated, but I was awake and I went, Whoa because everything became so clear. Yeah. And colorful. The colors changed. Oh yeah. my gosh. Man, no, I'm so I, psyched about it.
2: I've had the both same operation yeah. in the last year where yeah. I had to have both done. Yeah. And uh, it's it's uh you know weird because I can actually take glasses off yeah. which I've worn since 12 wow and drive a car like you know I'm like, cura- wow.
1: encouraging encouraging all my friends I say look if you can get this done because I really feel like it's given me Uh, uh, throughout the day I I think I I had to work hard to see things oh yeah like and especially if you're like working on uh, Pro Tools or whatever program you're working on looking at a computer or reading something at the end of the day you're like you're so busy straining to see it changed everything so I like and I I haven't had my right done yet Yeah. so I'm just excited about they did Monovision I'm just loving it Yeah. oh cool cool. I told dad I said I had no idea you were this beautiful
3: (laughs) I'd rather be blurry
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's what she said put me in Soft
3: focus. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I just said
0: no deal. (laughs) Loving it. Anyway, anyway. Well, it's great, Dave, that Thanks, you're, see- that man, you're seeing him. I'm sorry you have to see me clear. Oh, you look across- great, man. I'm you're, telling you, look great. great. Everybody looks good. Anyway, good. so let, let we start. we got a lot to talk about with John, but we might as well start with Todd Rundgren, because yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. that's obviously a legend. I mean, just a, an incredible musician, producer, songwriter, right. talent. I mean, you name it, Todd does it. And you've been fortunate enough to be with him for, a, you know, a big, significant portion of his career. Mm. Tell us, I guess, let's go back to the beginning, how you first hooked up with Todd.
2: Well, um, uh, originally, I mean, just being an a person in Philadelphia is a big fan of the NAS and uh, we used to listen to WMMR like the late night program yeah. the Marconi experiment yeah. and they would play you know I was like a kid and I'd call him up and go can you play Open Your Eyes Yeah open, open My Eyes, eyes yeah so that uh, middle section man oh huh. awesome what is he playing I remember that oh god yeah but I just thought it was cool and it, it kind of gravitated towards that and and also growing up in Philly too it was when Mm -hmm. I got to the point where I started playing in bands and and, you know Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of thing you would always kind of hear about Todd, like one or two people removed from right. someone you knew in Philly. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, he was, you know, he blew up an amplifier at Music City or yeah. something from playing a guitar to Exactly. 11, something like that. And you go, yeah. really? Was he there? Was, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. You want to step in those footsteps. Yeah. Well, day. it was to me, it was like really kind of exotic. And my mm-hmm. other big hero was always Frank Zappa. Mm. And so it was like, you know, I kind of looked at him similarly. Exactly. Because they, yeah. they're such... Uh, Innovators and prolific. I mean, yes. so so much music. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. So then later on, yeah, you know, after years of playing and sort of uh, you know struggling and going forward and backward, um, I decided that I was going to record some of my music on my first CD, which is called Wild Man of Borneo, and it was just <laughs> fusion stuff. Yeah. Uh, Great Is that player. what Van? Uh, no, that's actually Andy Kravitz played oh, drums great. on a lot of it. Great, great drummer. Oh, phenomenal drummer. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it was cut at the old Studio 4 basic oh, tracks. I know that place well. We mixed things. It's uh, Well, John Anthony did the engineering. He's very really good too. It, it, yeah. He helped co produce that and had a big role in, in making yeah. that sound the way it sounded. Yeah. Uh, and we were like, Back then, it was like, well, let's get good players. Who yeah. do we know? Who can we yeah. network with? And yeah. it was like, well, Frank Gambale plays on the song. Jico mm-hmm. uh, 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 Huff played on. Yeah, he's a, a lot great of stuff. bass player. Yeah, but it was a chance for me to like put stuff out on CD. And this is back when no one or very few people were just starting to do that. Mm. So we would put ads in Guitar Player magazine and it'd sell, you know, sell many copies that way. Mm-hmm. Actually. Um, but because of that the guitar player that I work with the most is Jesse Grass and he's been Todd's guitar player from like ninety one on, nineteen ninety one on. Uh, strat guy. A strat guy but, but unbelievable. He also yeah. uh a, a incredible musical yeah, educator. I, yeah. Uh, writes a lot of articles yeah. where uh, for guitar player over mm. the years on mm. how to play this that and the other thing. Wow! And did transcriptions for everybody from Jeff Beck to Joe Satriani. Wow! Whoever, whomever. So he played a lot on the record. Um, and if you play Police work, one of the songs, he's the guitar player on that. And he, sound effects, unbelievable stuff. Mm. But locally in Philly, he was like a guy that I saw play with Ezra Mohawk and playing in a club and was just blew me away. He could do every Adrian Ballou lick, every sound, whatever. And we just got he was from Bethlehem, Philly, and we used to hang out a lot and we played bands together uh, a lot. So he played on the CD and moved he had moved to California and was up for playing with Todd. And I know that part of it was, well, give give Todd the music I think it was million might have been, even been on a cassette at that point mm. uh, and so Todd I know that's how he heard my stuff via Jesse and oh. that's how Jesse first got the gig in part because of that CD Oh cool so after that it was like well I'm going to go see Jesse play with Todd at so forth and I got to meet Todd personally and then Uh, around 95, Todd wanted to do a tour where they had a keyboard player, but they needed somebody to double on guitar. And Jesse said, well, I know a guy. And it was Mm. me. Um, and, but I didn't expect anything because there are a lot of people that wanted to do that gig. Just
0: how many, how many opportunities start with, I know a guy. Right. Right. We've had other yeah. other guests on the show who they yeah. need, they were looking for someone, and then it's right. – so it, well, it's it's a so, network. so much of it is is who you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, true. Because there's so many talented people out there that mm-hmm. would never get that break without right. knowing that right guy. Right. Well, yeah. the, the,
2: other, the other thing was I knew that it was like, well, you know, Ty Rundgren, he's going to get like some really he, sharp sharpshooter. Yeah. But then I kind of heard through the grapevine, says, oh, get – John will be cool he doesn't bother me okay <laughs> that'll be good and that's yeah. how it started yeah. you
0: know and so basically uh, he's not an asshole what did yeah. he's, <laughs> a,
1: he's a funny guy I mean I had brief interaction with Todd yeah. from him sitting in with us and, and he struck me I mean, it, it, he's so intellectual but when he like just his conversation like hey well that was easy I really mean, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> yeah. good he's, he's, he's quite you know he's in the moment
2: yeah. and he's very funny very droll yeah. and very, really uh, good <laughs> really yeah. funny Sense of humor, yeah, so. yeah. So I'm sorry um, for interrupting. Yeah, so no, it's uh, it, it, so that was the the beginning of a long association. Did
0: you have to audition, or did you just come out and meet? Like Todd met you and liked you, and I mean, how did that? That was it. Was like, well, you know, my friend Jesse was kind of like
2: really he had he had already toured with Todd considerably and kind of served almost as a musical director in terms of mm. the 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 guitar portions, and and so he kind of knew the the vibe of the rehearsals and so essentially I I just got included you know after having met Todd a couple times um, uh, he had a session that he did where uh, for the album that the individualist, where they needed vocalists, and it was like, well, they need background vocals on a tune. Mm. Um, and I said, well, I'll, I'll go, you know, mm. it's up in Woodstock. Yeah. We went up to his place in Woodstock at his studio and recorded background vocals. Was that
1: it? It was in Bearsville, was it?
2: No, it's his. He, his he had a place up at his little secret sound studio, oh, right. um, that was in on his property that he used to have yeah. up in Woodstock, right? And so, uh, a lot of stuff that he cut. Over the years, was cut there, and right. this was something that he, you know, it was a kind of a neat studio, just rustic but very well appointed. Yeah, um, and went up there, set up vocals. So the fact is, we did the background vocals, not a big part. It's on the individualist, and I have a little credit on that one. Mm. Uh, but because I had been around, and I, my, I always went to see my friend Jesse play with Todd. Then it was like, well, he, he could be in the band. Give him a shot. So. Then it was like, okay, you're in the band. Yeah. What do you expect as far as rehearsals? So, uh. the first rehearsals were unnerving because we would show up and we knew what the songs were. We had gotten copies of it, but we, it wasn't like there were charts for anything. So you kind of does he chart?
1: Is he a chart guy? No, I mean is he not like big all. on that? Like writing? I not like no. Yeah, I was I wondered about that.
2: Not at all. Um, uh, a lot of the stuff we get. Uh, you know he was very good at providing the raw materials and exactly. things that you'd have yeah. to learn right. but there was no like written instructions and there was no cracking the whip at the rehearsal so it was like okay well, it was up, you to know, you know, <laughs> up to you to get yeah. it together yeah. and uh, and I just remember thinking like well we got to play these hard parts and mm. it's starting to sound really good and then, like mm. the last day before going on, going on the road mm. and I'd been warned about this it was like we're going to get all your vocal parts I was like really okay you know, so mm. so we'd sit in a room, everybody had cassette players back then, and he'd go like, Okay, you have this note and da 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 this note, let's sing it. Eh, okay, that's one. So all these songs, like the day before you're going out on the road, you mm. have you you get your parts and you go, Oh my god, this is gonna yeah. this is gonna really Yeah. Be great or yeah. suck. Yeah, and the first couple shows were so shaky; it was like frightening. Yeah. But right. that's kind of you know, yeah, we just force you to get your stuff together. Yeah, and that was his. That's wow. been my experience. Mm. That's his working mm. method. Yeah. I've any
1: show that I've like I've been fortunate because you know I have know Todd it, live has experimented live with some things that sometimes didn't always go that great I've heard but I've been fortunate enough to see the shows that were always amazing mm-hmm. like when he was always trying something new you know and he always had, like, and the Hooters were fortunate enough that we played with Utopia. Oh, with, wow. With, you know, with Roger and, 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 and Chasm and yeah. Willie. I was always a big fan of Willie. Willie and I were the first guys to, um, uh, we were guinea pigs for Marty Garcia and the okay. future Sonic guineers. So, you know, we were kind of like, hey, man, you're doing it, too? You know, that was, like, futuristic. Yes. Todd, so we would open for Todd, and we'd watch him, and it's like, oh, that's how it's done. Todd would come out, like, they all were in, like, the, the same suits, and, oh, man, what a band. And, and you know, we, I, I've been a fan like you, and in yeah. awe of him, you know. I'm amazed that he's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, by the way, too. Yeah, but, and, a, you know,
2: you would that's think a whole that,
1: other subject. Yeah, no, I know, I but, gonna, yeah. Like, you it know, but it's just amazing. So, so you've done these shows, and but eventually it just became... The Todd Show. That was yeah, great, right? Yeah.
2: Well, the first first one was the Individualist Tour, and that was, like, really kind of, you know, futuristic. And yeah. there was some MIDI guitar stuff that had to be done. And fortunately, Jesse got to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I would b- double on guitar on some of the things. And, um, and we toured a lot behind it. And it was all new material. It mm. was uh, – the receptions were mixed, I think, um, because it was – but – his fans are his oh. fans are wonderful. So mm. um, through that, I got got really got the chance to sort of perform live and figure out what it's like to be playing at a, on a big stage with a wow with a major uh, star. Yeah. And um, then the next thing that we did was this Tiki tour, and that required uh, a recording of the record first, yeah. and it was go out to Hawaii, which that Todd had was living out there at this yeah. point or had residents out there. And they rented Kareem Abdul, De- Jabbar's it used to be his house out there so that's where the band was <laughs> everything was, was really like yeah, yeah, yeah everything was high like yeah. in order to use the bathroom there was like a little step stool to go up to the sink yeah. and stuff everything was it was built it was like being uh, in a he's
1: 7-4 by the way hon. yeah
2: <laughs> just you, you know everything was built to his scale in this yeah. house he's no longer living there and it was just a rental property and that's where we recorded the record just kind of set up in a lounge
1: yeah
2: uh, a couple ADAT machines wow. um uh, Prairie Prince and uh, one of my Hassan. favorite drummers. I love Prairie. Great guy. Yeah. Um, love love Prairie very much. Been very good friends with him over the years. And that was, you know, it was quite an experience. This and was
0: then, the uh, this was the with a twist with record. a twist with a twist 1997, which was basically Todd doing bossa nova versions of his greatest hits. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was it was, it was something I guess that back then it was like kind of the lounge thing was get kind of getting legs, and yeah. and uh, this was a way to do it. So we showed up there with a, a list of songs, but there were no arrangements or anything, and it, we he played a couple of things from other artists, Brazilian artists, and mm-hmm. so forth. He said, "Well, maybe we'll do this kind of treatment. With this song and mm-hmm. this thing, and then we'd all like kind of go in a huddle. But a lot of it was Jesse. He would go and he would kind of work out mm-hmm. all the bossa nova e kind of guitar parts mm-hmm. and come up with a with an arrangement in a key that yeah. worked. Right, um, and then we just cut. The record like every day it was done in i think less than 10 days how oh, cool um all the rhythm tracks yeah and when i left i went man i didn't really play that well on it you know i thought like well i just got through the basic tracks mm. and everything and then like about a week later or very shortly thereafter i heard the finished tracks and it was all todd had layered the arrangements on top of it and was like <laughs> Ma. I, I, I left there thinking like boy I don't know this record's gonna do anything and when I heard the final thing I was like holy
0: cow Yeah, well, we have I Saw yeah. the Light from that album do you want us do you want us to hear it oh sure it? Yeah, yeah. Let, this is uh, uh, Todd Rundgren and his band featuring uh, John Forensic uh, doing I Saw the Light Bossa Nova style lounge style from 1997 <laughs> It's, beautiful. Yes, yeah, that's. that's I mean, talk about a taking a song and presenting it in yeah. a totally different way, and, yeah. and still making it work.
1: Oh I mean, man, it's, it's, perfectly it's, too. Yeah. Man, great playing.
2: He's a phenomenal arranger. So yeah. you know that that all those extra st- string parts and stuff. Yeah. were the things that weren't there on the original
0: sessions, mm. and it was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so Dave, you don't uh, think could in the pocket try that arrangement?
1: <laughs> well I like it and afterwards when I was here and I'm going oh. like I wouldn't mind trying to do it yeah, like I'm that. sure Cliff like would it. be up the, yeah up look those guys are up for anything man they're really great so like <laughs> it's like you know John's a part of that deal too so we'd go for it you know yeah. who knows maybe we'll do it on the 5th
0: there you go oh, <laughs> oh, get no. ready yeah. Yeah, what's back that in two weeks two weeks get from now? a couple yeah.
1: violin players in Eric Orfain and his guys you know <laughs> good <laughs>
0: anyway john so you got to talk about the tour for that album because there was never been a tour in the history of rock and roll quite like the tour for that album
2: oh okay yeah Yeah, it was it it had its spinal tapish aspects (laughs) but what it involved was they built a a very elaborate uh stage set which was a tiki bar that would be set up on the stage yeah uh you know, and then they would invite people up from the audience, you know, uh, to be in the nightclub yeah. that was on stage, uh, and so the band was in a space that's not much larger than this room, yeah. essentially, right? Together, and there was a tiki lounge. There was a bar on the stage with, mm. you know, a guy that would uh, was like a guy, a road guy that we like con into being the bartender, <laughs> uh, and uh, and so uh, it was very intimate. And very much like playing, it was like playing on a Holiday Inn gig. Wow. But it didn't matter where you were because <laughs> it was always this small kind of tight right. setup no matter how big the room was. Right. Um, and they used to, I mean, we used to have like uh, somebody would open the show or there would be like a comedian in the middle of the show, like they would do like a lounge mm-hmm. act, you know. <laughs> um, and I remember we played the Keswick in, uh, locally, the Keswick in Philly or Jim Glenside, and uh, it, we never knew who we were going to get to open the show or be the comedian on the show. And they found this, like, Borst Belt, Atlantic City guy that was older who was terrific. I mean, uh, he got up there, he and was it was, perfect. like, really corny and stuff. Uh, and the great part about that was that since it was local and my parents, uh, they, they were able to come to the show, they thought that was great. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, they said, oh, yeah. that was really good. And the comedian, oh, he's very, very you know. Yeah. So—, so uh, lots of lots of fun with that yeah. you know, tour you know just yeah. there would be crazy people that would come up and be sitting and and it's like well we, we this might have not been the right person to have up close to the band <laughs> right now yeah. what do
0: we do now right um, i don't think you could get away with that now with bringing fans up with the, secu- with the way security is and and i don't know if they would allow you to just bring up a know, know, random people from the audience and I, put them up on stage with you i mean well if,
2: you know it, it, the, the everything was managed pretty effectively. Uh, so if they had people that they we were bringing up, usually was that there were always the same fans that came to a lot of shows. So, okay. there, yeah. so there's a, there was a lot of people that would be always there. Hmm. Um, uh, I do remember one show that we did in Lancaster that was hilarious because there was a friend of mine who's an artist, uh, uh, Kevin Brady. He's actually a well-known sculpture in his in his world, uh, and he and his his wife came to the show out there. and He was always good at like kind of sneaking into shows and mm-hmm. kind of being part of it. Right. So he said, "Listen." You know, uh, can I be on stage? I said, yeah, okay. And he goes, yeah. I said, look, I have tequila with me. I goes, well, you're not supposed to drink on stage. You're supposed to look like you're drinking. This. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no. goes, so we're up on stage, and he's got like shots for everybody, on, <laughs> the you know, and, Well, for the people that are there. And then, like, I think Todd was like playing, and he like turns around and he looks and he goes, hey, wait a second, you're not supposed to. And it was like, well, it's kind of breaking the character, of, and it goes. You know, Kevin got busted, <laughs> but uh, th- th- that was a pretty entertaining oh, moment. Man. You know, so th- a lot of stuff like that It was just terrific. You know, uh, so you were down the road, Chasm. Then that was with Chasm. Yeah, yeah.
1: great guy. Uh, his own solo stuff, like all oh, you guys do, your own thing too. And he's, uh, you know, I've been a fan of his since I think day one. I remember seeing them. Play a show at the Spectrum, and Willie was playing there. Todd brought out this kind of electron I think it was an electronic kit, but it made it look like a motorcycle.
2: Oh God! You remember yeah, that yeah, tour? Yeah. That's going
1: way back. Todd was headlining that gig, and I remember uh, he was so excited because he's being from Philadelphia, and he was playing the old Spectrum and stuff like that. But and. and- chasm um, you know he was great he's got his own little f- fan club there you know, <laughs> you know. he <laughs> yeah. was wonderful
2: yeah he works it you know? yeah, yeah for
1: sure I, I adore that guy he's
2: cool no he's a good, good hang too over, yeah uh, you know. indeed
0: speaking of solo stuff let's just backtrack a little okay. bit because you had mentioned the album that Todd heard you know when he heard Jesse play yeah. this was your album called um, Wild Man of Borneo yep. right from
2: 1990 is that uh... uh, yeah yeah
0: okay and uh this was kind of, this was your debut, your first solo album, right? I mean, you'd been making music for a while at that point. Well,
2: but. what happened was it was like, well, nobody's really uh, asking me to be on the record label, so I figured, well, we can, I think I have enough wherewithal to put together a CD, uh, and that's how I did it, you know, just sort of paid for the time, mm. put it together, mixed it, and mm. uh, worked with my good friend, John Anthony, to mm. do it, and and uh it came together really well. I mean, a lot of the music I had, I had made demos of or had recorded stuff, like, with my little 8-track recording. So... Mm-hmm. Whenever we did the sessions, they were always prepped really yeah, well. Good. Andy Kravitz, uh, drummer, uh, yeah, with, uh, was at Studio Four at the time and played on a lot of that stuff. He really plays great on that record. And I he mean, cut
1: and he and he's great with one thing. Andy was really great at like you could do a take at, and Andy, who basically lived there, yeah, would, was great with tape and that was that was oh, an yeah. analog thing. Yeah, right. Then, so yeah. he would cut like if there was a ta- take, so just go out in the room for a little bit. He whack it up, put it close. He was he was wonderful at that. Yes, yeah. you know.
0: And this was was the whole the whole album was instrumental or uh, yes the yeah. whole
2: album is instrumental. There's like, like one little spoken word part that's yeah. the intro to Wild Man of Borneo that kind of has its own little notoriety, yeah. but. Um, the song "Police Work" is one of the only songs that I ever played that got covered by other people. Mm. Um, I had been playing with Dave Larue uh, and Van Romaine in a like a fusion band. Yeah. in the eighties,
1: great p- great players. Some f- fan Romaine's,
2: yeah. yeah. Before this is well before they had any notoriety with playing with Steve Morris uh, yeah. um, or or whomever. And uh, so after that. We got together and we did this thing, and that song was always like, this is a really cool song. If you're a musician, you go like, wow, that's really cool. Um, Dave went to record his own solo record, and he was able to to cut it again with Mike Stern on guitar. So, you know— uh, I was like, "Wow, that's a pretty good." Do you make
0: any money when this song, when the song gets covered? Like,
2: uh, <laughs> well, back then you actually could actually get yeah. some like little bit mm-hmm. of return through uh, your publishing and mm-hmm. so forth. Uh, and this yeah. is before you think about 1990. I mean, it's
1: before the internet really kind of blew up. We're talking about like ninety, ninety seven, ninety eight is when we started that door started opening up. Yeah. You know, that's before all the, we even knew what, what that be, was. It
2: was before all the piracy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I, you know, I I was a part of that because of mp3.com I, yeah. and I watched that whole thing evolve and it was like oh my god I remember a guy told me I have a hundred thousand songs in this each. it was like a hard drive yeah you know and I went how do you get them in there? <laughs> you know, it was like, a, really, I looked, I said, how do
2: you do that? We make them really yeah, tiny. Really tiny <laughs> really songs. Tiny. You know, I didn't
1: even explain to me about an MP3 file. And, yeah, you know, I didn't know anything about that, but it was fascinating. It just happened to be a right place at the right time. We shrink the people me. down. They're the yeah, size of ants. Yeah, so it would it change, but it, it, again, because to put up, to me, putting out a record back then, um, you know, it's, it's just like, you have to, okay, now how do you get it out? You know what I mean? That was like no, no record company was picking you up or yeah. you didn't think so. I'm going to do it on my own. But then you have to market it Ugh. and you have to try to figure
0: out who's going to distribute it. Yeah. How do I get it in stores? Yeah, young artists, think about that right now. No. You make an album mm. and there's no internet to distribute no. it, no, no social media. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Think about for for young artists, yeah. you know, they have no concept yeah. Yeah. Of, the, of, yeah. that, of not being able to right. get, to right. get, the get most, your album out.
2: The most successful marketing of that back then was since they were so guitar-centric. It's got a lot of like you know guitar flourishes on it, uh, was to put an ad, buy an ad, like in Guitar Player magazine or so forth, and somehow get a record review in one of those magazines. Mm -hmm. I was fortunate enough because Jesse used to write um, music articles for Guitar Player. So I kind of had it in that way. But in terms of like just reaching an audience, you could put that there and put your P.O. box and say, cost this much, mm-hmm. right. you know, mail mail it. Right. And then <laughs> every, <laughs> every yeah. week I'd go to the post office and I'd go and I'd say, is, commitment. There, is there any mailbox money here and <laughs> where do I have to send this? And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, that's, and it actually was a great way to market it because people were collecting CDs at that point. Mm. The way things are now, I mean, I still think from a standpoint of making vinyl or CDs, but the, it's
0: more of subscription based or streaming and everything are, are your CDs available on your website can people uh, are they well through CD if, ba- if people wanted physical CDs of yours can they still get them
2: um, through CD Baby I think they'll still they'll still pump them out there mm. of course if anybody walks up to me in the street I say like, here take some of these CDs yeah. <laughs> you know um, uh, CD Baby uh, is, the, is the, the primary thing yeah. uh, The primary conduit for a right. physical CD yeah. But all the stuff is, uh, is downloadable through iTunes And various Amazon and so forth So
0: Let's give people a little taste of John's solo music And his debut album, Wild Man of Borneo Great title, by the way Thank you uh, From 1990 And the song you were talking about is Police Work yes. And uh, Taylor, can you uh, throw that on for us? to keep the song going but I just had Taylor drop the volume so we can talk about it while we hear it Um, I mean it's pretty cool sound I mean for a you know for a first album I mean it's you know doing the whole as Dallin just said you know very Frank Zappa influenced very uh, you know um, fusion-y I believe it was on your bio on your website how how was this album described I I don't know it was uh, Uh,
2: gosh I forget
0: (laughs) I I wrote this down and I can't find it in my notes my my, my carefully uh, uh, organized notes here oh uh, cinematic instrumental fusion. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and it's very—it yeah. is yeah, excellent.
2: We were groping, yeah, <laughs> for for some kind of description. <laughs> Good. Now this guitar saw is great because this is Jesse. You can pump it because.
1: That's
0: cool. That's good. And this was the album you said that kind of got Todd's attention as far as him him bringing Jesse into the band. Yeah, right? because I
2: mean, Jesse plays on a lot of this stuff and takes you know. So it was like, well, this is some things that some of the things that he could do. And I know that that uh, that has served as sort of an of a something that Todd could listen to um, as part of his uh, his audition process. Uh, <laughs> that. All those, all those, uh, the other things, all the, all the uh, police sirens and everything, they're Jesse. Just that's a guitar. Guitar. Oh yeah.
0: wow. That's yeah. what, that's what's so cool. about yeah. it.
2: And
0: uh, what are you playing on this? I, I've just uh, all, the all the
2: keyboards. Um, I might have played uh, rhythm guitar or something yeah. just to fatten it up. But yeah, m- <laughs> all the keyboards and the arranging.
1: John's a great drummer too. In time. Yeah, I'm a great
2: pro, pro tools drummer. Yeah, but but you yeah. get on it. You you know you yeah.
1: get behind a drum set and you you know it's not like some guys. you you, you know the animal. Yeah. You know, so thank you. Yeah, yeah I
0: don't think I we mentioned it. at the start of the show yeah, that John yeah. is the quintessential multi instrumental. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. you played keys, play guitar, mm-hmm.
2: you've played bass. Indeed, uh, yeah. Dave
0: yeah. says you play drums. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, they
2: say jump, I say how high? Which, <laughs> where do you go? Okay, yeah, yeah. Spoons, that's cool. Were you, a, were you a
0: musician from the? Now you and Dave have something in common in that you're. Well, you have a lot in common, but you're also both first generation Americans, right? You were. Uh, your parents were my, from Hungary.
2: F- right? My father was from uh, uh, from Slovakia, uh-huh. uh, and. Uh, my mother is first generation, but they both grew up in Port Richmond. Okay, uh-huh. you know oh, okay. Uh, they're, uh, you know, and basically when we were kids, uh, they had moved to Willow Grove, but we spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time, I'm mean, the oldest one of, uh, in my family, uh, with grandparents down in Port Richmond. Yeah, <laughs> oh, okay, oh, yeah. So, wow, right off yeah. of Allegheny and the uh, Aramingo.
0: There we go. Were uh, you playing music from the time you can remember?
2: Uh, well, I remember because I was forced to take piano lessons when I was five. So there it was like you know I had to go. It was
1: it painful then or, or, or
2: you know?
4: I didn't know. Well, I, no, just, there was just. a
2: point where like first it was like well I'm doing this and I'm going over to Mrs. Dempsey's house yeah uh, to play on a piano and right. and uh, and I was you know you're you're little yeah uh, and at first I didn't know what to do with it but I remember at one point there was a song that I had to learn to play, and it kind of clicked, like, I said, oh, I can play this, Yeah, it, it sounds musical, like I'm not wow. just stuttering through it. How cool. And so then, I, I at yeah. that point, I kind of knew, like, I like playing piano, I like music, and I always liked listening to music, mm-hmm. you know yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, the greatest all-time hits, uh, I've been working on the railroad, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. Say. At that age, that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> doesn't get better than yeah. that. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic, man, that's cool. I
0: love that and then of course the Beatles came along oh yeah
2: yeah the Beatles sort of
0: changed all our worlds
2: they catalyzed what was uncatalyzed at that point so
1: I was going through Rob I was with Rob Hyman last night I was going through his record collection last night came across a Hullabaloo's record you know (laughs) he's got some great vinyl and he like really just takes you back and, uh, you know, it's just the, the stuff that we came up on and you just forget. And that's the great thing about vinyl these days is that, like, it's, you know, you find these gems of this old, you know, even Beatle stuff. And I think was the most recent Beatle thing that was kind of fascinating. Oh, yeah, yeah. there was, I, I was... Um, um, the guy that played Don't Love Me Do instead of Ringo. Oh, yeah, And yeah, yeah. somebody, Liberty DeVito posted something about, um, he really listened to the tracks and he goes, listen, I know I'm going to get a lot of shit about this, but the reality is that the guy played better than Ringo on that yeah, track. Uh-huh. On that track. And, uh, um, but it was cool so I went back and I looked him up and even though I knew about him but you is know is
0: Pete Best you're talking about no no no, no, no. the
2: guy from the-
1: uh, Alan it was White uh, uh-huh. Andy White Andy White Andy White played on Love Me Do he oh, was the session guy it, yeah. and um, you know he was uh, you know a little older than because I think you know he lived to be about 85 years old but he was older than those guys he was a session guy and George Martin at the time didn't trust Ringo to do it you know and he had told Jeff Emmerich you know you gotta tell Ringo that he's not playing on it you know imagine he showed up at a session and he was in the band and he ringo was the big dog because he already got rid of Pete uh, Best all right, and he comes to the, the studio and oh, hey, you're not yeah. playing on it, you know, which is probably every drummer's nightmare. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, like I went through that too, you know, but fortunately, like I beat the guy up and I got the gig. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And,
0: uh, <laughs> There's never been a Hooters song without you on drums,
1: Oh well, well, actually, I had that moment, you know, like, right. uh, you know, Anton was doing everything and a lot of Rick's stuff and he just played on, you know, a bunch of stuff Rick had and I really had the thought and my manager planted the seed. He said, you know, you know if it doesn't work out we'll just grab anton i remember thinking that like could it really happen you know it happens to a lot of guys john will tell you you know you walk in you think you're gonna play and really up till you know like i've got lucky you know cut a couple tracks and they were good but really i think that kind of paranoia it's <laughs> something that's not that rare that rare for drummers yeah you know i don't care how good you are you know you got all there's always somebody around there that's pretty damn good like anton Vig, Yeah. you know so but it worked out for me you know so
2: enough of that
0: yeah Got a lot more to talk about with John. Let's just wrap up with Todd. So you're still – you continued to play with him on subsequent tours. And yeah, you've been... from
2: 95 to 2016, right. like so on many tours. And uh, the last couple of the tours I did in 2015, 2016 was like an evening with Todd Rundgren. We played all the hits. We we played a lot of stuff that were like my favorite tunes. You know, there's Utopia tunes in there mm. um, uh, and so forth. And I just really dug it. Do um,
0: so you have an all-time favorite song from Todd?
2: Oh, God. There's oh, so many. There, yeah. it, it depends on what you're in the mood for. I mean, certain. Thi- uh, well, um, couldn't I just tell you is a great song, and I just would always like that would be like a show closer, and okay, okay, couldn't I could get a kick out you? of that. Um, I, yeah. Oh, it's so from, yeah, from something, anything, right? Yeah. yeah, and um, you know, uh, well, hello, it's me was always great mm. because it, the audience would just go, yeah. you know, you go like, okay, I can coast.
1: People <laughs> <are> crying. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, yeah. Hello, it's <laughs> me. Still, I remember going to the. The canteen yeah. and then playing like it was a dance. I was in uh I don't know 8th grade and that song that was people would dance the, and it was that song you know you hear that little I don't know what he's recording but it sounds like bongos to yeah. me and you know the the Nas version the Nas version the Nas, is NAS a, version is, and it's Stuoky. yeah and it's just such a beautiful voice am i correct singing yeah it's it's sing. singing and he action. sang just so beautifully and what a, and produced
2: so great well speaking of drummers the Naz had Tom Moon Tom Moon was the, a beast yeah it was like wow this guy's really good really is, I was young enough I didn't know what was really Good or bad, but I just kind of always thought like this band is really good. Yeah, and the drummer really stand out. Well, really really open
1: great. my eyes. That oh, exactly. That, yeah, yeah, bridge section, the solo is just wacky and then you realize that there's really a formula to that bridge section which is uh, a solo section yeah. and uh, but I remember for the longest time until I recorded it, I realized what was going on there mm-hmm. and
0: uh, wasn't that the very first song in the pocket recorded it was second oh, second
1: okay. yeah right. and and I remember Rob saying to me you really want to go after that it's a bear that was the word he used oh yeah yeah because it's gonna bridge and how are we gonna do it and, and Jeffrey Gaines sing it but that solo section is just yeah. just amazing so um, somehow we <laughs> we pulled it off yeah. but it's such a great
2: well it, it, it as an example that song's a good song uh, from a, a music student' stand- example because it has all these little sections in the middle mm-hmm. um like all those breaks, and when you're starting to learn to how to count a song, yes. you feel like. Oh well, this the first the first break is two beats, and the second break is four beats. Right. So in that middle section, yeah, I call it the
1: zero part. Dun two one two three four bum but I'm bum and then four four yeah two bars and then back. I remember thinking that guy's a genius. I mean, it really is, you know, because he had a he really had a yeah you know he had a thing man he just yeah. knew that let's uh you know because i i didn't i thought they were jamming yeah. <laughs> and they're just you know they were geniuses yeah what a great you guys played that live too didn't you
2: yeah we, we got to play play that live a few
1: times played- uh, todd sat in with us at uh at yeah. the um uh philly folk festival and when we were talking about what to do he said uh, I, I, we got. I, we saw the. I saw the light, and we had opened my eyes. <clears throat> and I, we first said, well, I saw the light because yeah. He goes, but I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. I said, how about open my eyes? He goes, really? You know, I said, yeah. yeah. And I goes, and I remember the biggest. <laughs> I took it as a compliment. Well, first of all, he, he, Jeffrey bailed him out of a second. Was it the second verse where um, Jeffrey started singing it and Todd went, "Oh, like there's my, my yeah, cue. cue." My cue, right? <laughs> and then he we're walking off the stage. Todd goes, "Well, that was easy," yeah. you know. And I was like, "Oh, thanks,
2: Todd." You know, I think he had fun. So, oh, definitely, so, definitely hey. had fun. That was a great gig. I, yeah. you know, oh, was, you played. I remember. Yeah, afterwards, we, you guys played. Yeah, and we, we. I guess we were the headliner. Yes, so, and and it was like really. Well, I remember because it was a folk fest. Festival, yeah. Um, I think maybe Gene Shay or, or yeah. one of the guys were like, "This isn't folk." But
5: <laughs> they as, were freaking out. They
2: were freaking out. Yeah. But but it, I know it was well received by the audience. Oh and, yeah, and it was really great. Oh. Was great feeling to play for that many people. Yeah, a big outdoor show. And yeah, it's great. Fantastic yeah, show.
1: And Philly loves Todd. Man, he's yeah. just you know. <clears throat> you know like even you know we had nick jameson on the show oh, yeah yeah and yeah. nick was one of the first artists that todd ever wow. produced with the american dream and and you know i mean he's just such a he's like he, we're like you know, he's here He's like a god to us, which is you know. And
0: as you said earlier, Dave, the fact that he's not the fact that he wasn't even nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame until last year so wrong. He's been eligible since 1995. Last year was the first time he'd even been nominated. Mm. So I think he'll get in at some point. I hope so. I mean, talk about a genius! And yeah, and and he's Phillies. He's you know, he's ours.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, he's inspired the guys in Hall Notes. He's you know, he's just musically is always on the cutting edge, trying something new. And but it's so musical and you know he even just his style he's just got a thing you know yeah he
2: well you know. it's kind of amazing because like some of his influences are like things that i didn't expect he's a big gilbert and sullivan i oh, not yeah, i'm not surprised um, um, yeah. but it was like oh really okay that's kind of on rock and roll yeah but then you'd hear it and the influence would be right there you know right Right. Or he could just listen to something and kind of get the essence of it and then apply it to a composition like write a song <sighs> in this style. Um, there's things that sound to me like Jimmy Webb. There's yeah. things that sound uh, just all over the map and it would yeah. depend on, on what yeah. he would decide to do. I think that's probably one of the reasons why it's kind of hard to make him a, ho- a rock and roll Hall of Famer because he's more – the music's a little bit more wide than just right, but, in but there a are, sense. but
0: there are plenty of people in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that you would, would not be considered "quote unquote" rock and roll. Oh at, sure. At this yeah. point, so yeah. the fact that he's not rock and roll across the board yeah. shouldn't yeah. have any, you know, impediment yeah. for him getting in.
1: Yeah. He's just, uh you know, um and I, I used to wonder. My thing with Todd Rundgren was, well, does he ever sleep? You know, <laughs> I mean, like I just wondered how he got everything done and how he because he was always like
2: in amps. Um, Always surprised me. Yeah, he, he can crank it out. I'm telling yeah. you, that's it's a. But yeah. he makes hardworking people look lazy when it comes <laughs> to getting stuff done. So yeah, that's pretty.
0: Oh, how cool! My my cousin's married to a guy named Lee, who grew up near Todd Rundgren, and yeah. Lee claims that he's the Lee in "We've Got to Get You a Woman," Leroy Boy. We've, oh, but I, I, think, he's, oh. I,
3: I, I think. I think that bullshit. was Paul Fishkin. I think it's
0: okay. yeah. Fish, uh, I think yeah. Paul, uh, Paul Fishkin got yeah. nailed with that. But uh, okay, I, you know. you're. Pro- I'm sure my cousin's yeah. husband is was always. Well, but you know it's, it's a good story it's good story. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, that's it's me. good
1: it's good yeah. man yeah. Fishkin
0: anyways we, go. so we got a lot more to talk about okay. we're running out of time we we mentioned that you played uh, with Jefferson Starship, which is kind of cool. And you I were love telling that. us before the show that you had auditioned for Paul Kantner to, to uh, oh, get, yeah, to get yeah. that gig. You want to tell us that story, John?
2: Well, yeah. The my connection with that was after I did the first tour with Todd uh, Prairie and I, uh, Prairie <sighs> Prince and I got to be really uh, good friends because of the, the the thing. And Prairie was the Starship drummer that would be called in to, to do their shows oh I didn't I didn't know that oh yeah it, it was still uh, Marty Ballin, Paul Kantner and Jack Cassidy were the three principal Oh. you know, airplane guys. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was a, 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 a female lead singer that was a replacement for Grace. Nice. And Prairie played drums, and they always needed a keyboard player. And there's a guitar player that had been with them, and and more Mart- uh, Slick slick Aguilar, who oh. lives up in North Jersey, and great guy. Anyway, so we got done the tour, and it was like, well, they don't have a keyboard player, and they're going to Europe. And Prairie goes, you want to do this? And I said... Oh, God, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, the only only Jefferson Airplane record I ever had was Volunteers, which I loved. Mm. Um, and everything else was just something I'd heard about, and the whole hippie ethos was really kind of attractive. Mm. But I'm like, I'm going to be playing with these guys. Mm. So they gave me a cassette of some of these live shows that were really kind of raggedy, and I said, well, mm. this is what you have to play. And I was like... Oh geez, okay. Am I gonna yeah. make the right decision? So then it was like, well, Paul wants to meet you, and uh-huh. he used to live over in the Sunset District in uh, San Francisco, uh-huh. by the uh, the foggy part of town. And uh, so I go over to his house, and I go into his house, and he's you know chain smoking camels in <laughs> there. Oh, uh, nice to meet you. And, you know, So, well, let's play something Celtic. And so he just had a piano in his house and he had like a 12 string guitar. Mm. And so I just kind of jammed like a couple chords. Yeah. I uh, oh, that sounded pretty good. Let's try this. How about KJ? Uh-uh. All right. You got the gig. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you know, like, he would kind of want to get me out of there so I could get back to smoking. You know? <laughs> so, um, and from that point, it was great because uh, over the years, uh, from '95 till 2007, every once in a while I'd substitute. Yeah. But I'd substituted on every instrument in that band. Oh wow. First, I got called in to play keyboards. Then it was. Well, you're playing keyboards, but they had a gig like in the in the early 2000s where they played in Baltimore, and I said, "Well, I'll I can play it, but yeah. songs that don't have keyboards like Somebody to Love, um, yeah. uh, I'll bring my bass, I'll yeah. play that." So it's like, "Oh, you're playing bass? Okay, cool." Uh, you know, um, at one point that we were ki- killing time at soundcheck, and uh, and I said, "Let me play the drum kit," you know? Oh, so, awesome! So I'm playing the drum, <laughs> the drum kit, right. and the manager goes. You, we got a gig for for ABC TV, you know, like a more Good Morning Show or something. We need a drummer. <laughs> no and like, kidding. And I was like, wow. Uh, I just I just did a drum roll, you yeah. know. So right. uh, and then finally, uh, uh, Slick, uh, guitar player couldn't do a gig in Europe, mm. and he said, "Would you uh, be into playing guitar?" And I was like. Yes, because I like playing guitar. And this was a chance to play all their tunes with the latest lineup, which was basically just Paul was the original one. Mm -hmm. They had a great singer, uh, 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 Kathy Richardson, who's been the current version of Jefferson Starship. Mm. uh, And uh, the keyboard player is a great guy, Chris Smith, um, who played. Keyboard bass. Oh, so right. And it, it, there was an English drummer that filled in for the for the tour. So we went all over the UK and up to Scotland and stuff. Mm. And I got to play on stage in London. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get there... Phil Mansurak came oh, out. He's a big guy. Yeah. Got the jam on stage with yeah. Phil Mansurak wow. and, and everything. It was always like a really good thing and mm. and over I always Paul Cantor could be really intimidating cuz mm. he's such a gruff guy yeah. but after he I got to know him and everything, uh, really one of the nicest people wow. ever. I I miss him terribly. Because yeah. He's gone. Wow. Good yeah. guy and just uh you know mm. uh I knew Marty a little bit, Ballin. Yeah. Marty
1: was just a tough guy, but just the sweetest person. Yeah. And I I love Marty because I I hung out with him, you know, and, um, you know, I was hanging out with Marty Ballin, you know, and he's... He talked to me about the Hell's Angels, you know, because oh, yeah. he was like had this. They said that he might have been like a uh, Hell's Angel, but he was he was super cool. Yeah, he's, he's up there hanging out with uh with Paul Paul now. You know. <laughs> Unless they're not getting along that day. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. You know, um, they were legendary for that.
2: Yeah, you know. What was interesting because it, it was the airplane, and so you know yeah. you know about this from our standpoint. That's a rock band. Yeah, but. They would talk about it every once in a while. Marty would talk about it and everything. He says, you yeah, know, we were just like folkies. And mm-hmm. we were playing at folk clubs. Yeah. And it was like, well, let's you – know, the Beatles and – Plug oh, let's in. in a, let's plug in something. Yeah. And then – That took off, but they still had that, Mm. like, folk music Mm. ethic Mm. about how they did. Real working man band, you know.
1: Did you ever meet Jorma? Did you? you? No, no, because... Because he's, like, you know, also a Finnish guy. Yeah. But also a guy that, you know, has a very unique style. Oh, definitely. In his playing. I mean, I think even his tuning, he does some unusual stuff, and uh, him and... um, Jack, Jack, you know Jack was always the Jack was the epitome of like he was like the American Keith Richards to me. You know, it's like he looked like a rock rock
2: guy. Yeah, he was. Well, Jack, it was it was like well, there's a yeah when you played in the band and he was there. He played a lot, like overplayed or whatever. He was constantly playing a lot of notes. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, a real. Lead sound on bass, yeah, um, and so you'd have to kind of like Paul. Pay attention. Old, Paul would turn around and go, "More bass to me," you know, you know, because he's like, "They're over there taking off," you know, yeah. I want it nailed down. Yeah, um, Jack was really cool, and and uh, it, just playing with those guys was like a real eye opener. Yeah. how they worked and right, very pleasant, nice yeah. people. One of the, yeah, really, just like
1: absolute nice. legends, man and, and uh, cool. pretty
0: and pretty unpretentious about it. yeah you know yeah pretty cool
2: yeah i agree
0: you got to play on a am uh, changing subjects completely right. here but okay. uh I, you got to play on the jeff lynn tribute album that, oh uh, yeah. came out in 2004 lynn lynn me your ears was it was, was a cool and uh, you did a song called the minister which was actually from the move from, from the move yeah Yeah, from i think uh, the last album as when they were the move before they became yellow yeah um and I, I was listening to this a little bit it's a cool sounding song can we throw it on you want to talk about it for a minute and then we can hear a little bit of it yeah so, so,
2: someone came up with the idea of doing a Jeff Lynn the Jeff Lynn tribute and yeah. um, we could pick songs Todd did something uh, I think Tony Visconti did something like oh that wow record. there's all kinds of different people that did it and I was I I was like okay you're going to let me do something can I do the minister because I always liked it Now the the funny part is is that there's lyrics in it that you cannot understand on the original. So if you listen to it, I'm like, Really? Oh yeah. Wow. Hey can you goose it just a little bit the (laughs) time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's John Anthony on drums, but Oh nice. Great drummer, real good always. Great engineer, great drummer.
2: I think I did everything
3: else. In the of the, a in the <laughs> You get
2: to sing a lot of this, so cool
3: Tell me a story, minister.
1: No time that's nice you. what year did you do this? I think it's still the '90s, Oh, cool. boy, late late '90s. So there wasn't any like auto-tuning stuff like that. No, to no, get to well, no the, no, al- the, the
0: album it. came out in 2004, so mm. so maybe you recorded it. Oh, just the- maybe just after 2000. Just
2: it's it's lost in the fog of war. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember when when the whole project got broached. Yeah. And, uh. and uh, uh, maybe about 2002 it came out. Then so not. I just always think of that as back in the 90s because, to me, the arrangement is, sounds like a 90s arrangement. Right. And you were saying, other yeah. than
0: the drums, you played everything on this song?
2: Yeah, all the vocals, vocals, all the guitar parts, all the little fake oboe parts that are in there. And, your studio or John's? Um, some of the stuff I think I did at home... Uh, drums or John's? Uh, at my place. Oh, your place, yeah. Yeah, just, just you know, project studio yeah. stuff. Um, the, the other ones was recorded... At, I don't think the studio's there anymore. You used Maja Sound in the old Society Hill Towers. Oh
1: right, Society Hill Sound. And and it used to be Star Studios, right? Star Studios. I recorded yeah. there when in in, yeah. in oh god, 70, 77. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow.
5: Cool, man.
1: Yeah,
0: that's yeah, good. I like. It. So this is. The Minister from uh, a Jeff Lynn tribute album that uh, John Forensic played on. Yeah. Something else he played on, Dave, which means a lot to you and to Dallin and to a lot of us in the in-the-pocket community, yeah. is, is the latest in-the-pocket yeah. song, yeah. uh, Heaven Laughs, yeah. which you guys are going to be debuting live at the show at the Ardmore on, right. uh, on uh, October 5th. Uh, John played on the. Studio. I was so happy that he could version. join us. Uh, Alexis Cunningham, of course, did the vocals. Yeah. Um, Dave, just talk a little bit about that session, and then yeah, we can hear that We can. This will be a world premiere. of Yeah, we the last well, because we
1: just got it yesterday from Phil, and um, you know, I mean, it was a song that I've always, um, you know, I, again, I, you know, I was talking to Rob about it. You know, like it was a song that I would say, like, oh, I can't. I love the, the Hooters to do this live, and it, since the time we recorded it back in '89, and it was always been in a you know my wheelhouse a little bit like let's 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 try to do it and then in the last few years and especially this last year we've lost some really close friends and and um you know and the song is about loss and uh so um you know john i I thought of john immediately because just feel wise it would just perfect for it and i got steve butler and my friend phil diagostino to play bass and when i was at glenn goss's memorial service in june i ran into eric Gorfain who um produces and uh, the husband of sam phillips um and he worked with jimmy page and robert plant and he said you know i saw you did heaven Lance, i love that song just do you mind if i do a string arrangement i
2: went oh wow
1: wow and he sent me the demo of the st- him playing keyboards of it and i thought it was the strings it sounded so good yeah. uh so did alan you know he heard it and um um and he said no nah, that I could I said yeah go for it and he he brought his guys into his studio played the you know there was cello by Richard Dodd he uh, he played the violin and viola and sent a beautiful did great score of it arrangement and we recorded heaven laughs and uh, Alexis Cunningham who just knocked it out of the park <clears throat> we cut it live one take and um I'm thrilled with it, yeah, and it's, you know, it's, it's it's a tribute to our friends that we lost, and great job on your part, John. Thank you. It was really fun.
2: I hope you had fun that day. It was kind of a little room. We was like, yeah. knock it out. Oh, it was fun. I mean, yeah. I love doing those sessions, and Phil's yeah. wonderful work. Yes. It. And it's a great hang. Yeah. You know.
1: We don't get to do – it's rare these days where you get to –
2: To play with everybody at the same time. And and I think that makes a big difference anyway in the terms of the quality and everything. You're listening to something where everybody is interacting in real time. And it translates into what you listen to, no matter how cleaned up or mixed it is. Right. The fact that you all played together has a special quality. And no dynamic, question. You
1: know. Her vocal, too. You know, we yeah. ended up like she to, came and did an overdub, but that first one just had some kind of magic to it. So. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That was the very first one she oh, did. Oh, wow.
0: Well, let's hear it. This yeah. is the world premiere we of, crank of, that of In the Pockets, Heaven Laughs. Heaven Laughs. Out of you. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. When, when you guys play that live yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at the Art War,
1: <laughs> Dallin always starts crying. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was a year where we lost some really close friends, and I wanted, you know, it was important for me that, for my sanity's sake, to to do something that was uh, to acknowledge these people and, you know, close friends, you know, family and, you know, the song was perfect and it was a healing process for me, you know, for all of us, you know, so it's good. Well,
0: you can catch the live debut, as yeah. uh, like yeah. I said, at the Artmore Music Hall, yeah. In the Pocket, October 5th. <laughs> uh, songsinthepocket.org for yeah. tickets. I guess, down there's still some tickets yeah. left for that night?
1: Yes. Okay. Strings sound pretty good, huh?
2: Definitely.
1: It's That's nice, right? I, I, Eric, I got to tell you real quick, uh, Eric called me after it was mastered. He goes, he hears something that wasn't quite, he goes like, I hear, I said, I don't hear it. He's uh-huh. I, I like, <laughs> string guy, can we, can we, can we fix it? I'm like, uh, where? What are you hearing? Because to me, it sounds great. I, you know? It's beautiful. I it's don't just, know.
0: just beautiful. And uh, of course, the original version came out on Zigzag back in way back in 1989. Uh, I, I, wow. Rob,
1: I sent it to Rick Chertoff, who produced it, and. He Liked it, which was great, you know. And, and he said, I went back and I listened to the original and he listened to ours, which made me really happy that he'd like, he'd like oh, it. It, it. Got a good endorsement from Rick.
0: Yeah. Well, they each stand on their own. I mean, it's you yeah, know, yeah. with Alexa singing it, it becomes a completely yeah, different song. Great. And, and uh,
1: she's got a cool record coming out. I got a chance to play a little bit on her album last week. It was cool. Yeah, really sounds,
2: she
0: sounds great. She is great. We're gonna have her on at some point. On yeah, the, on the podcast. yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well, we're really late at time, but, but uh, John brought his guitar, his oh. beautiful blue guitar, so he's, he's going to have to play guitar. something.
1: So, well, And uh, I'm going to accompany it to right. something. I'm just So, uh,
0: Taylor, throw in a, a commercial from our friends at Behavioral Pediatrics and ABA Therapy Associates, and then we'll come back to wrap it up with a live performance from John Forensic accompanied by Dave. Mm-hmm.
5: Hi, my name is Gabe, and I have autism. When I was diagnosed with autism, I realized it was hard for me to do what people call normal. For example, I would get easily upset and overreact to small problems. When it was time for me to go to college, I had an especially hard time. That's when I went to Behavioral Pediatrics and ABA Therapy Associates. Gay made the right choice! They helped me prepare for college with my interests in mind. They taught me coping strategies, organization skills, and self-advocacy. Not only that, they boosted my confidence using evidence-based treatment programs such as Think Confident, Be Confident. This helped me prepare for employment opportunities as a peer mentor here at Behavioral Pediatrics and ABA Therapy Associates. We
2: are dedicated to improving the lives of teens and young adults with autism.
5: Thanks to them, I'm better prepared for college and can continue my life's journey. Now I can pursue a career in animation and continue my job as a peer mentor. Behavioral Pediatrics and ABA Therapy Associates in Lansdale, PA. Call us at 267-663-7141.
1: i
0: Josh. <laughs> All right, well, we're back here. John and Dave just did a 30 second rehearsal during the commercial and they're ready yeah. to go. Yeah, Really? <laughs> gonna, you're going to do a while song. you're behind. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to do a song from your uh, 1997 album, Wheel of Nesh, yes. called, called Freight Train. Yep, here goes.
4: Freight Train honed in the dead of night. A single eye throws a bone white light. Great thing coming to Jenny Town. Hear yeah, the mighty diesel wine I will drink my coffee black, Running by the steel track. I dreamed ahead I a place called home. I heard a woman's moan I lay my head on humming rails In time to hear the freight train wail I woke up in my hotel room And stared back at the desert room I used to feel a million things my heart would steal away on wings, and now I run on flat terrain, I'm chasing a ghost down desert plains. Working on the graveyard shift, wondering at the love I left behind me. Freight train horn in the dead of night. A single eye throws a bone white eye. I hear the mighty diesel whine. The freight train sizzling down the line. I will drink my coffee black, waiting by the steel track. Oh, i will drink my coffee black waiting by that steel track oh i will drink my coffee black waiting by the steel track fret train fret train yeah
3: Well, very nicely done, guys.
2: Nice. <laughs> Rough but honest. Yeah, <laughs> honest
0: is good. Honest is hey, good. Yeah, uh, just showing your yeah. versatility there, yeah. John. I mean, uh, I was uh, checking out yeah, your I chorus. can suck on any instrument. <laughs>
1: oh, that's a, uh, that's a great guitar, too, man. You're going to shoot uh, this color off in my video. Yeah.
0: Look at this. Oh. oh my God. Oh, my God. Look I can see that. myself in the front of it. Yeah. Woo. For those of you listening to us right now, Dave is holding the guitar up in front of an uh, iPhone video, and uh, it is a... Wow, it's gorgeous. You got that... Where did you, you say you got that guitar,
2: John? It, uh- well, this is a plug for a local retailer, 8th Street Music.
0: Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wait, 8th yeah. Street Music? You're talking about... In-
2: yeah, in- they're in Pensacola. They, they actually have, like, a little... That's where they work out of.
1: Get out. Yeah,
2: you can get, you know... um, for, you mean from the old? From the old? It's no the same. shit! Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow, I had no idea. I first I bought my first Rogers twenty-six inch bass drum there. Oh God! Yeah. Back in the day, and I remember I had to wait. Like I bought it, I gave them my money, and I had to wait six months or maybe almost a year to get it. Yeah, wow! You know, because it was like, but you know, I bought that, my it. first fuzz pedal. Yeah. <laughs> it was like,
2: it, wow, a fuzz.
1: pedal. That was yeah. a music store, man. <laughs> yeah. It was our manny's. Yep. You yep. know our manny's.
0: Anyway, yeah. you can you can catch John live within the pocket, yeah. as we said on October fifth at the Art yeah. War. And of course you'll also be with Baroo Review yeah, they yeah. Play And Bob
1: Baroo is joining us yeah. at this next show, which will be fun and right. we're gonna work out a couple things That's and cool. uh,
0: but John will be with Baroo Review when they play their annual Thanksgiving show at World and, Cafe Live. Yep, I believe yep. that's November 30th. Yes.
2: Uh, well, don't quote me on that because I uh, – I just looked I, it
0: up, so hopefully that's right. But oh, if, then, if it's then, not, it's, but then it's correct. If it's not
2: – I just have to know that I have to be there. Yeah. Okay, good. That's good. That's
1: perfect.
0: <laughs> but, so you're still playing with Baroo whenever they yeah, get together? Yeah, whenever they
2: do, uh, you know, it, it's a wonderful gig, and I love doing that, that yeah. gig. It's, it's a lot of fun. They're zany guys. <laughs> yeah. It's zany.
1: Wild yeah, I love and it. Crazy yeah, it's bad. fun with Bob. You know, it's cool. It's fun with Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great.
0: So, Dave, is it me or are these these shows flying by faster? Because we're like completely. Out I know. Of time right I know. And, and we can I there's know. There's so much more we could talk about. Yeah, with yeah, John yeah, yeah. We I didn't know. even get to hear from Dallin too much. See, How th- you doing? That's Dallin? okay. I'm
3: fine over here. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> 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 Always a nice surprise when Dave brings Dallin. Yeah, we're the fun. Show. We're
1: heading down because we're gonna down. We're the bar band. are gonna play down at the Hard Rock. Oh, so you down
0: to AC tonight?
1: Friday night. So it's me, Steve. Yeah, tomorrow night. you're to go we're going now. Yeah, we're heading down from here, right, and Steve and Greg Davis, house. Kenny Aronson, myself, and Wally. We have wow. fun. We have a fun time. That's man. a good game. Yeah. Hey, you know, you should sing a song at, uh, at maybe at the Ardmore show. Maybe we should feel, figure something out for you to do. Come out. No, I'd be happy too. to sing. Want I mean, yeah. you know, we're singing uh, "Escalator."
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing ever oh changes. God. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, Richard, you just lost the job. <laughs> no well, Richard, well, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh this has been great. Thank you so much, John Forensic, Thanks, uh multi-talented musician. It was you a pleasure, man. Get, what a what a, you know, yeah. life and career he's led and he's still out there making music with in mm. the pocket with Peru Review. You still doing solo stuff too, John? Or? I've
2: been working on some solo material yeah. for uh putting together another thing. So
0: he's got you know. a, We didn't get to play. it We had it ready to go, but we we're out of time He's got a great instrumental called October. Mm. Uh, Go find it and listen to it because October's coming Mm. up, and it's a really Mm. cool-sounding song for the the season. Although it doesn't feel like October. It still feels like June out there. Yeah, I know. know. Anyway, thank you to Taylor Behind the Glass. As Uh, always, thank you, Taylor. Thanks to Wildfire Radio, Philly Rock Radio, our great sponsors, GotPeace.com, and Behavioral Pediatrics and ABA Therapy Associates. For Dave, for Dallin, for John, I'm Andy. We'll see you next week on In the Pocket.